Welcome to Zero Downtime, the new podcast brought to you by DCD's editorial team in partnership with Vertiv, the world's leading critical infrastructure provider. Vertiv has kept the world's leading businesses connected for more than 50 years. We build, deliver, and support critical infrastructure that's available, sustainable, and future-ready. Visit us at vertiv.com and see what we can do for you. For this episode of DCD Downtime, um, I'm talking to someone with a somewhat unique solution to your problem of uh, site selection for your data center. If you can't find anywhere to put your data center, why not put it underground? Um, that might seem a strangely impractical suggestion. Um, you may be aware that there are data centers underground, but they all seem to be in strange places like nuclear bunkers and abandoned mines. Well, let me tell you, Andrew Bourget has a, a very different approach to this. And um, in the next half hour, you may be t- deciding to stick your servers in a tunnel. So, Andrew, tell us about the idea and how you got started with it. Well, the, um, the idea started about uh, slightly over two years ago, where I uh, read in the newspaper there was this large uh, data center that was uh, being uh, created next to Zurich in a small village. And uh, myself being a tunneling engineer, I, first, I graduated in the UK in 1987 80, and I was... Uh, uh, reading about this, and I thought, but why do we not put these um, industrial uh, facilities where they will not take up land, so to uh, bring them underground? So there was a sort of a initial feasibility study to see what what are the constraints, and having built uh, metro stations, uh, virtually all my all my life, either in metro stations or uh, underground for the hydroelectric power uh, industry. So uh, that's how it started. It was to say, okay, we have limited land resources and we are using a huge amount of this uh, land for very little uh, job creation. So uh, that was the, 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 the initial motivation. And then when we started looking into it into greater detail, uh, we realized that uh, there's to make it economically interesting, because of course, uh, if you're doing a transport infrastructure, you, your budgets are somewhat uh, different. And so we've uh, taken the strategy of making a standardized product repeatable, um, just like a, a manufactured car and uh, drive down the costs uh, as much as we could. Um, We've negotiated uh, prices for uh, volume for the various uh, aspects of um, Ecocavern, like the lift system. And uh, the whole idea is to drive down the costs so that we come into a similar ballpark to a surface solution. Okay, so tell me if I if I buy one of these, um, what does the package include? The pass- package includes um, 
well, the whole of design. Actually, we've we've done most of the design already. So you're you're actually buying the building permit uh, services, the site investigations, which we need to plan our uh, uh, our works. You've got the actual civil engineering works, the the, the structure itself. You've got the lift, and it is a, a lift um, with a high high capacity. It's twelve tons. And it can it travels over uh, the thirty meters of the um, the lift shaft in uh, about a minute. It's uh, a very fast system, and uh, we include the fire safety systems, site supervision systems, um, sec- access security, um, and so you have a, a functioning eco cavern. Then we can work with Either our partner, we've got a partner that uh, supplies the data center services as such. Uh, we are basically a building contractor that will supply a system which, with all the lighting and fire safety. But the actual data center, either you can, the client will choose his own system in the UK. And if he's in France and uh, in Switzerland, uh, we will be working with uh, our partner, APL, uh, a large French firm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what you essentially get is a large cylinder, thirty meters underground, and can you do that anywhere? Yes, it's a, it's a. You can imagine a, a cigar, uh, up to one hundred and fifty meters long, thirty meters below ground. Um, the, the 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 main criteria for the feasibility is it has to be in self-supporting impermeable rock, so it can be London clay. I mean, it's not really a rock, but it's it's self-supporting. Um, so over-consolidated clays, uh, sandstones, limestones. To be economically uh, interesting, we must avoid um, ground improvement methods. Mm-hmm. Right. And it has to be relatively un, uh, unobstructed. You'd have to have, um, you know, you, you're not digging through essential services in, when you put it down there. Well, at thirty meters, unless you're 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 right above uh, London Underground Tube, um, you're you're going underneath all these services. You're going underneath the gas ca- the, to the pipelines. You're going underneath all the wiring and and uh, generally all the utilities. Um, mm-hmm. So you're 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 basically um, uh, avoiding all these issues. Uh, the the main shafts on uh, are the the um, the points at which you could require to to move existing services uh, but we aim to have a very very small footprint um, we're talking about uh, 20 meters on 20 meters but the idea is that you can build it under your existing facilities um, you can use part of your parking lot there's no permanent surface structure visible Mm-hmm. Uh, which also means that, uh, for example, in Switzerland, we just had a, our first building permit was uh, there was no opposition because you're not basically changing the surface, uh, anything on the surface. You're not changing the, the surface of roads. You're not, uh, yeah, you have a basically impactless um, uh, structure. Mm-hmm. 
And so no one could reasonably object to it or any objections could be fairly well easily dealt with. Yeah, you, the, the, object, the main objections are uh, for the works um, you, that you can have, uh, noise, uh, the, uh, the dust. But uh, we are implementing a technique that um, I discovered in Paris, and, uh, which is basically you put a tent over your, uh, your shafts and you're working completely isolated uh, from the environment. So uh, you're keeping the dust uh, away from the neighbors and you're relatively soundproof. I mean, you still get, uh, of course, the noise of the of the uh, infrastructure to to evacuate the spoils, but it's uh, it's much reduced, much reduced. Mm -hmm. And you end up with, um, with with two two tunnels, two um, lifts, or two um, accesses, one at each end of it. Yeah, exactly. You have uh, a main access um, which has the lifts, and you have a, a secondary access which is basically fire safety. Um, so in case something happens, people can evacuate through that uh, second shaft. And that's the only purpose of this second shaft. Mm -hmm. And they, uh, but the requirement for a fire exit is one of the reasons why you've got this 150 meter limit to this. Exactly. In, in Switzerland, you're not supposed to be further away than 35 meters from outside. And of course, if you're 30 meters below ground, you can't... Uh, you need uh, exceptions. Uh, we don't qualify for the um, uh, underground um, regulations, which are applicable to metros and road tunnels, because uh, we're being used as an industrial facility. So we, we thus come under the industrial facility rules and regulations. And so here we've done a special um, with our safety engineer we uh, demonstrated that the level of safety is comparable to a surface building as long as we the distance between fire exits is limited to 150 meters which is 75 meters um, exit uh, distance right okay and these aren't you're, you're not you, data centers aren't the only use you're you're targeting um but the kind of uses you're after are ones where you're not going to have a lot of people sort of doing normal office work or living or spending much time under there? Indeed, the, the, the whole object is to keep uh, the full-time jobs on the surface and, uh, and the robots or the uh, computers underground. They don't need the sunlight. So um, the, the whole idea around it is that uh, you have no permanent uh, per uh, personnel. It's just a maintenance uh, uh, personnel that uh, works in the in the in the echo cavern, and it's designed that way. Hmm. And are there um, other benefits you get from having this uh, sealed environment underground in terms of what data centers might want? Well, one of the great advantages is that we can work permanently at a thirteen degree, thirteen percent uh, oxygen level. So basically, our Fire protection system is permanently active. <laughs> um, so the whole idea around that is that uh, it's very difficult for a fire to start. In fact, it's nearly impossible. And, uh, and we can even bring down that percentage even lower. There's hardly any leakage 
So it's one of the issues with this system when you have a building on the surface that you have a lot of leakage. So the cost of maintaining a low uh, oxygen environment is, uh, is a, a major cost in, in the operating of the, of the system. And, uh, but in our case, there's no losses. Um, there's hardly any, um, we've, we've any losses at all if you don't use the lift. The lift is the only uh, source of uh, leakage for the uh, oxygen-reduced environment. So uh, that's very economically interesting. Uh, secondly, is it safety of access? Um, of course, you're 30 meters below ground. You'll know exactly who's going in and who's going out. Um, and the um, the the third aspect, which is uh, which we put forward quite a lot, is that uh, because you can build it under your existing uh, buildings, uh, your existing infrastructure can be optimized. Uh, you don't need to buy new land. You don't need to. Uh, uh, you're, you're really next to your existing facilities. For example, the uh, power generation for backup. You 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 can use that. Um, uh, so there's many synergies you can find um, uh, by uh, uh, increasing the use of your existing land. In the case where the geology is not appropriate. Well, you don't need to buy land. You can actually go to an owner and say, okay, you've got uh, your, your manufacturing facility on the overground. I would like just to uh, have the use of your uh, underground at 30 meters below. Um, and you just buy the, uh, the right of use, uh, which is nothing like buying the land. Mm -hmm. So... Uh... An, an owner of an office building might uh, get approached by a data center provider saying, can we put a cylinder, a cylindrical data center underneath your building? Exactly. Um, we're in discussions near Lausanne. There's um, a development project for uh, house, not, yeah, housing. Uh, it's not really houses. It's um, apartment blocks. But um, they need uh, to have a renewable source of energy. And um, waste heat is considered renewable. So um, uh, a data center is a sort of like a, a washing machine. You get uh, electricity from whatever source comes in, but what comes out as heat is renewable. So uh, it's a way of transforming uh, non-renewable energy into renewable energy. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, and that we can heat all the apartments um, above because you're immediately underneath them hmm. so you don't need to be plugged into any kind of existing district heating system mm. it's uh, simply use used on site yeah yeah mm -hmm. or you can uh, one of the discussions is the the level of heat that comes out uh, uh, what we're in discussions also now we're, we're actually looking for a, an operator of a data center for uh, one of our clients um, who actually heats the water up to 95 degrees from uh, a local lake. Um, and he would like to get a data center involved because then the data center would preheat the water up to 55 degrees. And, uh, and then he will just use waste wood to heat up from 55 to 95 and, and make huge savings on that. So there are um, a lot of... Uh, interest 
in placing data centers in the middle of urban environment, uh, urban context. Right. How, how difficult is it to um, configure a data center into um, a cylindrical space? We're very used to building them in, um, in square, blo- square boxes. Well, that, that's an excellent question. That's why we approached APL because we're not in, I'm a civil engineer, I'm not involved in the data center. And actually it, it puts into question all the habits and um, um, ways of doing uh, the design. It changes everything actually, because you're, you're confronted with a space that is uh, very tall, uh, 13 meters uh, or even more, depending on the, the the echo cavern model, and 150 meters long, but um, you're you got 12 meters wide. So um, uh, the whole way you think about it: uh, Do I put a, 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 a how to say a, a, the computers on a, a not a false ceiling but a false floor um, that is uh, three meters high above uh, the invert? So. You've got a lot of um, uh, space vertically, and uh, and how you use it um, is uh, to best effect needs to be to have a rethink, and that's why we collaborated with APL that um, were took on the project um, in a passionate way, and um, have come up with a innovative design. Uh, for data centers in the context of these sort of long cigars. Mm-hmm. Yes, because above ground, you, um, a data center would have um, quite a lot of sort of um, plant and equipment alongside it, you know, de- uh, backup generators, cooling systems, heat mm. projection systems. Mm. And th- over the years, people have developed the idea that those things can be placed outside the building or on the roof. Um, and neither of those things exist down underground. Exactly. So, so, you're, so you're confronted with uh, having to use a certain either um, one of the, the 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 options is to use existing technology, in which case you make sort of a um, subsurface um, uh, buildings, but they're not. Uh, they're just immediately underneath the the pavement. Um, or you use innovative technologies. Um, uh, you can use uh, water cooling, uh, and uh, so you you don't have these huge aero um, uh, cooling systems. Uh, you can also use um, uh, certain types of batteries. Now, uh, the big questions that uh, arise is the uh, in case of uh, electricity cut, how long do you want to be autonomous? Uh, that will dictate also the technology that uh, to be implemented. So certain things we can put underground, and funnily enough, the underground space is cheaper than the surface space. So we are um, looking at putting the most of the ancillary services underground. But of course, if there's uh, like diesel generators, we can't. So we we put them on the surface, uh, just below surface. Uh, to ensure that the the airflow is sufficient, um, and they are not connected to the the echo cavern because of the environment, the air, the oxygen reduced environment, 
um, we're basically operating like a submarine. Um, so you have to think uh, in those terms. Mm. Yes, the self-contained environment, the cylindrical nature of it, it is very much like a submarine, isn't it? Exactly. And, uh, and we, we also use the, the rock as a storage medium for the heat uh, so that we can also uh, um, play on that front to, to, to increase the, the heat output uh, in the winter months with regards to the summer months. Mm. And um, the um, you get past planning permission. Uh, that's that's easy enough to get past. And um, oh yes, the data center. Your your colleagues at APL. I mean, it seems as if some of the um, uh, the parameters you're working with push you towards slightly more advanced data center techniques, like moving to liquid cooling or moving on from diesel uh, generators. I mean, these are both things which, um, even above ground, are becoming things uh, are becoming more popular. Mm. Um, there's um, another um, sort of trend that people keep expecting to happen that, ne that never quite arises is um, the lights out data center that has uh, no staff in it at all except mm. for exceptional circumstances um, it might be that an underground data center was worked very appropriately for that sort of application indeed we were discussing the issue with a, a local operator and um, he's got a surface building that uh, and he just sends two, two, two persons uh, once a month to make sure everything's okay. And mm -hmm. that's the extent of it. He could have very well have put this uh, infrastructure uh, below ground. So um, uh, the key takeaway is that uh, to, to for, for it to be economically interesting is that um, it is a, like you say, a lights out. So um, uh, limited access, uh, you can't, for example, in, in our structures, um, they're planned for about 10 people at the same time. So it, it, it is really to, 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 to draw down um, all these data centers where you have very little uh, job creation and, and job usage. Mm -hmm. Which is, to be honest, most of the data centers that are being built at the moment. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it also works very well with the um, current fashion for edge data centers in that um, it's likely to be close to centers of population. Um, you're talking about maybe a two megawatt data center in this sort of space. Well, that's what um, APL have, uh, have gone for. So uh, the idea here is that we, we've got different sizes of uh, echo cavern. But the, uh, the preliminary design that APL has done is on our smaller model, uh, which allows a, a two to three megawatt uh, installation, um, which uh, they have judged as being the, the most uh, immediately promising uh, market uh, for, for our eco caverns, because we can put them in a, near, near the population. Um, and we, uh, but we're looking very much forward to, to using our other sizes to uh, for some bigger projects, um, up to to, to uh, thirty or fifty megawatts. We can have uh, multiple caverns uh, aligned next to one another. 
the basic idea is standardize, 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 make it always the same, brings down the cost. Um, the structure lasts 100 years. Uh, there's no maintenance, there's no um, facade, uh, uh, you don't have to clean the windows. You don't. <laughs> I mean, it's it's basically maintenance free, uh, uh, and uh, and um, so your your operating costs are dramatically lower, you know, and your depreciation. Yeah. I mean, if you want to depreciate it over forty years, which is the maximum uh, you can in Switzerland, uh, you can. Uh, which is more difficult for a building, you know. You. you depreciate over 40 years you it's much more difficult at least in switzerland uh, oh. generally you depreciate it over 25 years yes i mean you probably won't win any architecture awards in fact you don't need an architect for our uh, projects it's a standardized uh, um, i'm a civil engineer so i sign all yeah. the, 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 the the drawings mm-hmm. um and uh, once the contract is signed we do the building permit and then we start construction once it's obtained. There's no, there's no uh, lead time for preliminary designs, detailed design. This has mm-hmm. all been done. You know? mm. Excellent. And I mean, um, the thing it reminds me most of is the underwater data centers in a way. They're mm. equally remote or perhaps they're, they're more remote in that you, there's no, you can't get a lift down and step inside them. No. Um, whereas this seems to have the, that balance where it's um, it, it's separated, but you can still get to it when you need to. Yeah, anytime. Mm. Good. Do you think um, when people have these, they will start do it, do it, do anything, doing anything to make them look better? Or do you think that's completely irrelevant? It's really, I mean, nobody sees them. So <laughs> uh, there were discussions in our company because uh, we have a final lining of shotcrete uh, mm-hmm. to give the, the final veneer of the internal uh, structure. And we're thinking of uh, putting colors. Mm-hmm. But in the end, we just said, no, I mean, nobody's going to start wanting to put colors. Nobody's going down there. Uh our mm-hmm. safety engineer has said that uh, 94% of the time, there's nobody there. Uh, mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's... Uh, yes. A, a mural would be wasted. Yeah, exactly. But we have another use for, for cars. Uh, we've mm-hmm. had a luxury ga- garage um, that needs uh, to store uh, high-value cars. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and in that case, it's uh, very interesting because he doesn't need to find extra land. It's safe in access, so uh, the owners are, uh, are reassured. And uh, because of the oxygen reduction, the fire safety systems are uh, appropriate. Mm, perfect. Okay, well, hopefully we'll see you in London sometime. And uh, I... either, either above ground or underground. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, I'm over to the UK at least once a year. And... Um, uh, going into the UK market is on our business plan. We're first starting in Switzerland because of the uh, proximity, of course. Um, then we have France, but the UK is uh, is on our agenda uh, in the near future. Mm, good. Okay, we'll look forward to seeing you then. Okay. And thank you for joining us. And I hope that's given our listeners um, another interesting idea, a new perspective. Thank you for joining me, Andrew. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye.
sustainability is no longer a nice to have, it's a priority. Vertiv Power cooling and IT management solutions for critical infrastructure are designed to reduce the use of energy, water, and space. From innovative liquid cooling to dynamic grid services, we work hand-in-hand -hand with customers to enable them to meet their data center sustainability goals. Visit us at vertiv.com and see what we can do for you. Thanks for listening to the Zero Downtime Podcast. Brought to you in partnership with Vertiv, the world's leading critical digital infrastructure provider. Don't forget to like this podcast and subscribe to our channel. We'll see you again next time.